Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now, here is this week's message from Pastor Floyd Hughes. Uh, This morning, we're going back to uh, an ongoing series uh, that we have been doing called These Are the People in Your Neighborhood where we take a a longer and deeper look at people in the Bible uh, to see how... I just noticed the tinsel. I am so sorry. I am so sorry. And I feel like now that I notice it, everybody just needs to turn and look. (laughs) I am so sorry. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Nope, not ready yet. Okay. <laughs> okay, so uh, will we go take a deeper look at people in the Bible to see, you know, uh, how uh, their lives were impacted and how um, we can learn from them to impact our lives and impact the lives of others. But also, um, this is the Christmas edition of that, where we're looking at specifically people in the Christmas narrative to see how their lives were impacted and how we can learn from them to impact the lives of others. Now, really quickly, I'm just going to share a couple of verses, and then I'm going to have Jane Polly over here. Jane Polly, one of the missionaries that we support from Senegal, come up. Uh, But really quick, I wanted to start with the shepherds, uh, because the shepherds, they represent the everyday common people, right, in the Christmas narrative. I'm going to put up just a couple of verses from the Gospel of Luke, right? So when you get to the Gospel of Luke, it talks about how the shepherds went out and they uh, had their, their, their sheep out. And then an angel appeared and told them that today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's Christ. He's the Messiah, who they would have known. They would have been looking for, right? These are people who were looking to, uh, for the Messiah to come and arrive. And he said, this will be a sign you. You're going to find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in the manger. So once the angel told that to them, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. Now the language for that phrase, a great company, means like, I mean, our, we, we kind of deal in numbers. So we want like, is it 10 or 12? Is it 20 or 30? Is it a few hundred? Is it a few million? Uh, realistically, since we don't know the total number of angelic beings in heaven. Most theologians believe it was like thousands upon thousands. It wasn't like 20. It wasn't like 50. It wasn't like a few hundred. But it was a great company of the heavenly host appeared with that angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those whom his, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Now, so the first thing is, angels revealed this to them. They knew this was from God. So they didn't say, let's go see what the angels told us. They said, let's go see what the Lord has told us, right? Now, the second thing is, uh, they said, let's go to Bethlehem, because they were on the outskirts of Bethlehem, where there was... Well, Bethlehem was, if you think back that day, a city, but they weren't an outskirts. So just like, think about the suburbs of Pittsburgh. 
Once you go out of any of the tunnels and you go, you know, a mile or two that way or a mile or two that way or a mile or two that way. Uh, and they said, hey, let's take that journey to go see this thing has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. So just like God said they would find, that is exactly what they found because God is always true to his word. And here's the key. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So when they found out about the birth of Christ, they went and, and saw the birth of Christ. Well, they didn't see him being born, but saw the baby in a manger, just like God's word said. And then they went and told others about the birth of Christ. And look, it says, uh, they didn't say, hey, here's what we saw. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child, which is he is the Messiah, that the Messiah has come, that God in the flesh is here and a savior is born. And they did what we're supposed to do when we hear about Christmas. Our reaction to the birth of Jesus should be to tell others about Jesus, not necessarily just about his birth, but about here's what God has done in my life. Here's what God has done for me. Here is how God saved me from my sins, from the struggles that I was going through, from the roadblocks that I was facing. We're supposed to go tell others about Jesus, right? So uh, now I'm going to turn it over to Jane, uh, who has um, spent the last, I want to say, 37 years or so in Senegal using her life to tell others about Jesus. So I'm going to ask you guys to give her a warm crossroads welcome. I'm going to bring your podium up here. I love your decorations. Thank you for inviting me here this morning. I'm really enjoying uh, looking around and, and your tree and all your <coughs> candles. I love it. So pretty. But it's nice to be here uh, this morning, and I often think, that I enjoy sharing uh, more than what people want to hear. <laughs> it's, a, it's a privilege for me to be here to be able to share with you what, uh, what's been going on uh, in my life and in Senegal. And uh, I look forward to sharing that with you. When I, I got home from Senegal um, October 4th, and I am home now. I have finished my term in Senate, my time in Senegal, so I will be prepared. Be on your guard before him and obey his voice. Do not be rebellious towards him, for he will not pardon your transgression, and my name is in him. But if you truly obey his voice and do all that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries, for my angel will go before you. I am so glad that I've had the opportunity um, to... Uh, hear from the Lord on multiple, in, from multiple ways, and also learn the importance of being obedient to that. Because, as I said, I've just finished 37 years in a land that I said I never wanted to even go to. And now it's home. And some of my dearest friends in all the world are Senegalese. And so it was um, just, just another blessing that, that God has given to me. And when I... Um, got home, it didn't take me 30 seconds walking through the airport to get used to the affluence of this country. 
it is so different from the third world country that I have been um, part of. And I have lived um, in many different places in Senegal, and the most uh, recent one, they're called in often what's called popular neighborhoods. Now, a popular neighborhood is not one that everybody wants to move to. A popular neighborhood means everybody's there. Doors are open, rarely locked. Um, people are on the street day and night. It's just the place to be. And um, I said, I've said, I've been in many of those uh, neighborhoods. I think the last one was absolutely my favorite. But one of the challenges, one of the commitments that I am considering coming home is that I don't want to forget. I don't want to forget the dust. We live just south to south of the Sahara Desert. It's dusty, it's hot most of the year. Lots of poverty. Uh, things are not available here. The stores just overwhelm you when you walk into a grocery store in this place. It's just, I'll try to talk real loud. There we go, thank you. Okay, so, um, so I don't want to forget what my World Venture missionaries um, are still living in um, and my Senegalese friends. And in spite of the fact that difficulties they're struggling with, can you imagine this? They're, work, they're struggling with food prices going up. I thought, well, join the crowd. They're going up all over the world. But it is difficult because their salaries are not going up to match those things. Onions, which are a very popular thing in their diet, um, the last count I saw were over four times what they've ever been during the years I've been in Senegal. That's hard on people that don't have, that don't have a lot um, because there's no more coming for them, but prices continue to go up. Uh, it's difficult traveling. Um, I have been blessed most of the years that I've been there to have a car. Um, if you read my prayer letters, you know that about a year ago, year and a half ago, my car motor burned up. And so I had to replace that, and I just never trusted the car after that. And I was so excited to get rid of it um, just before I came home, but that meant that put me in taxis. Well, there's another uh, stretcher of confidence <laughs> once you get in one of those deals. But um, I just want to remember, I don't ever want to forget. I just feel like I have been blessed. Another blessing that I've had over those years is to see the church, the growth of the church. Senegal is 95% Muslim, we've always said. However, uh, the government is taking, is, has just, is completing a census and they have been more um, uh, specific in the questions they ask because normally in Senegal they say you're either uh, Christian or Muslim. Well, they put Jehovah's Witness and, and and the evangelicals and the Catholics, they put them all in that other category that's not Muslim. But now in this census, they broke those categories down. So in a, a little while, we'll have a better, a more accurate um, percentage of what, of what um, evangelical Christians there are in that country. Um, but I want to, uh, I, I'm assuming that today there's a few new people, so I just want to do uh, a little bit by way of introduction. Um, I have always, I've been interested in missions since third grade. Um, I was appointed by World Venture, which is based now in Colorado, the Denver area. I was uh, appointed with them in 1984. That's after I had already spent two years in the Ivory Coast with the same group. 
I arrived after language study in 1986 uh, in Senegal. And I, it's true, I tell people my things have been there 37 years, once in a while I come home. So my uh, furniture, my belongings, which I don't have anything there now, but uh, those things have been there faithfully 37 years and I was privileged to come home. The first seven years that I was in Senegal, I was an elementary school teacher. I taught second grade and one year fourth grade. And then the last two years, of uh, the next two years um, was kind of combined. I worked at Dakar Academy. I also started a ministry um, that the Lord definitely laid in my heart um, through uh, doing the the Bible study experiencing God course, that God, people, the world does not see what our great God can do because we do what we feel comfortable doing. And God's looking for people that are willing to reach out. And it was during that study that I began a ministry called Look at Don't You Team, which was a store. And it put us in the market area six days a week uh, to be a light and a witness there. And I loved that. And I think of all the things I've done in Senegal, that still is the core, uh, the, uh, the thing that brought me the most joy. But I also, um, after I, the Lord closed the door for that, I took just the library, which we had eventually put on uh, above the store, um, and I set up five more libraries. And so... Um, that's what I'm going to show you pictures of in a minute. But um, when I went back this term, the end of what would it have been? Uh, the January 6th, 2020, just before COVID. Um, I went back and I just had a sense that there was a change in the air. I didn't know what it was. I didn't run around trying to figure out what it was because I knew when it was time to know God would reveal that to me. And so, and he did. Uh, I had some imaginations along the way what I was thought it might be, but uh, I had already kind of agreed to help my friends who were opening a church in, in Dakar. Our our mission had never put a, had never started a church in Dakar. There are a lot of churches in Dakar. Um, most of them are are French speaking. Maybe they have a second language transla translated. But my friends had always had a dream to have a Wolof church. More people speak Wolof than the national language, and they wanted a, a church that was just Wolof speaking. Maybe in the future it will be Sarer speaking as well, but right now it's Wolof. And they um, were nearing the completion of this big, beautiful building. Well, it's very narrow. Um, the whole building is probably... Um, it, it's narrower than this auditorium and probably not quite as deep. But that's, the, that's all the land there was. So the, the ground floor is church. The second floor up is, is um, um, a balcony, which is not yet used because it's still a baby church. Uh, the next floor up, they had dedicated right from the start to be a library. And then there's a classroom above that. The fifth floor is a, is a, um, um, an apartment for the student pastor that's there. And I was asked 
if I would go and my friends were going on home assignment and they wanted to know if I could come and start the church in October, I think of 22. And I said, yes, I'd be happy to do that. And my friend said, don't you need to pray about it? And I said, I will pray about the details. But I said, I, God has already been telling me there's something new coming and this must be it. Because it's right up my alley. It's, right, it's what I love doing. And so um, that was what I, I moved from TS back to Dakar. And for me, that was like going home. I'd already lived in Dakar 28 years before I moved out to TS. I loved moving back there. My roommate, not so much. She was there for me with me about a year, and then she went back to TS, but that was okay. Um, but during the, when I got back there in October, the church wasn't finished. Oh, next month it will be done. Next month, next month. So I spent my time trying to get used to this popular neighborhood. Um, I was living about 30 minutes um, walk from where the church is, 30, 40 minutes. And I think every day I walked around that neighborhood and then I would, I'd see a new street and I would go home and I'd look on my computer and I'd say, okay, this street, if this, this street, where would it? And so I learned the outlay of the, of the neighborhood. And I also had the opportunity to choose the team because I knew I couldn't do this by myself. And so the first um, one that was on my list was named Gabby and Bai. If you've been following my prayers over the years, I've worked with Gabby off and on for about 20 years. And he is, to me, the, the best evangelist I have ever met in Senegal. And so I definitely wanted him. Not only did I want him for that, he's also a carpenter. And you're going to see in a minute why I needed a carpenter. The second one I chose, his name is Babakar Jata. Babakar, um, or Bubakar, excuse me, Bubakar, not Babakar. Um, Bubakar was not a believer, and yet uh, he had been a, a day guard at my house in TS, and I just had spent so much time with him, and I wanted more opportunity to maybe help him realize his need for the Lord. And to my knowledge, he's never made that decision, but from day one, um, I would choose the scripture. We started in Genesis 1-1, and the last day we finished finish the book of Nehemiah. And I would pick the reference for the day, then Gabby would read it out of the Wolof Bible that's on my phone. And then he would, if we had pictures that went with the story, he used the pictures. And then he would um, talk to, um, share, retell the story to Bubakar. So Bubakar has heard the message. That's all we're responsible to do. Then live in a way before him that shows that our God is a great God, and it's a privilege to be in his family. But so those, during those uh, months in between, uh, we got together as a group. I did one more thing during that time, and that is that I actually moved into the neighborhood. The Lord opened up a just a wonderful opportunity. I lived directly across the street from the church. So I would walk down 41 steps, walk across the street, which would be from here to that door back there, and then walk up 43 steps, same level, and then I was at work. And there were a couple days during rainy season I couldn't even get to work because it was so flooded just on, on that street, but that was rare. But uh, it was um, just a really, um, a really good 
last uh, year and a half, 18 months that we were together there. And so I'm going to show you now some pictures of that. And these, of course, go October 20. Oh, wait, I'm supposed to do this. I forgot I have this new trick. Um, October 21st to October 23rd, um, I was in the neighborhood of Parcel Asni. This is just a street view from our library window. And um, Parcel Asni is a, very much a growing neighborhood. I don't think you could build much more there. It's so compact. And if you would go off to the right, you would end up in the ocean. So that would, that kind of limits the boundary. Um, I mentioned that my friends wanted to start a Wolof um, church. And this is Steve and Laura Newkirk. They have... Um, been in Senegal for many, many years. Their children were, uh, let's see, less than a year and two years old, I think, when they came. And now they've graduated from college and are nurses for the last several years. So that tells how long the Newkirks have been there. And they've had this dream all that time. But if I can make this thing work, I don't know if it does or not. Um, the, direct, the building directly behind me um, is the church building. And the little part that goes on top, that's just a doorway to go out, out onto the roof. This is the crew that gathered up all of the fragments, which I'm going to show you in a minute, that consisted of the library. I said I'd already set up five libraries. And I brought in my furniture. I brought in my books, everything that went with it. I not only had to bring that in, but I had already been in a church, uh, a church library NTS, and I didn't want to drag out everything from there, so I had to set that one up before I could leave so that I didn't, so that they still had a ministry going there. Out of the six, only two libraries are still going, and that's because the others were in my home, and they were to reach my neighborhood during the time that I was there. But the two that are in churches, um, they're still ongoing. And so this crew brought all of this up three, three flights of stairs. Oh, there are the beeps. There. And then the books. And that's light to carry up this three flights of stairs, you can imagine. The, I helped with the painting and things like that. Um, but Gabby and Bubakar did most of the um, putting together of the furniture and um, making walls out of the stuff that normally goes on the floor and things like that. Once we get the, got the library in place, my, our job was to introduce the library, the, introduce the church to the neighborhood. Now, I mentioned earlier that the church is, uh, the Senegal is 95% Muslim or high percentage, plus a, uh, a good percentage of Catholics. Um, and this church was new. A, a church like this would be new in this neighborhood. And we wanted the people to feel welcome. So to start out, um, we had an open house, and my job was to sit under that tent out of the sun. Gabby's job was to be up in the library, and we had hundreds of people that took the time to climb up the three flights of stairs and to watch, to see what was going on, um, see what we had to offer. And then the one in the red hat, Bubakar, Bubakar's job was to take the little um, schedules that we had, and he distributed them to everybody walking down the street. And he got, we did this open house twice. We did it 
uh, in the end of March, just before we opened in 2022. We also did it after a month of break. We did it in um, November before we started the new school year. And he passed out over a thousand of those things in both of those incidences. And he, he just didn't give up. He would go after somebody, here, take this, take this, take this. And he'd follow him right down the street. Get to, Finally, he'd drag him back and he'd say, talk to this lady. Because I was sitting under the tent waiting to talk with him. But he did, a, the three of us had a good time doing it. And we did it for two days, both times. But we feel that it was, it was um, a good thing. This is the final product. And um, for the first time, there is, we have some people in there. For the first time in um, the libraries that I set up, this library was to go, be for little kids up through university in one room. And I had never done that. It, the first libraries that I had were ba basically for high school university. Or it would be mainly middle school. I don't know as I'd ever had little kids come before. I call them book flippers because they can flip through more books in 10 minutes than I can even take off the shelf. But they, um, this was uh, a challenge. So what we did is we had... Um, the little ones could only come Saturday afternoon when they didn't have school. The middle school could come Wednesday afternoon and Saturday afternoon when they didn't have school. And then the high school university could come any of the 40 hours that we were there. Now, this looks really full. It didn't last like that. After we noticed after the open houses, it would be really full. And then when the people realized it wasn't a place to play, but a place to study, it would kind of dwindle down. Um, however, my friend, Laura, that is now in charge of it, you saw her picture, um, she's doing, she was able to add English classes to it. And she is keeping a, a very good number of students and doing a great job. This was the entryway uh, as you come up the stairs to the left. And on busy days, um, on Saturdays, we would uh, put out the mats and cushions and expand our library for the, for the little ones. And they bring uh, book uh, backpacks and we put a number, we would give them a number one and put a number one on their backpack and, uh, and et cetera. And that was Bubakar's job because he could do that and Gabby uh, worked downstairs. But... Um, that really helped the elimination of stealing books because there was no place to put them. Huh? Okay. Okay, thank you. Okay, this is just one of our university students. Um, that They could bring their own um, computers. We, we did not have computers there. They had to bring their own. And um, there was free Wi-Fi. Everything was free. We didn't charge uh, for the... We didn't charge for membership cards or anything. We just said, come because our reason for being there is to get to know people. And so uh, for the older kids, we had Wi-Fi for them. Okay, this is from a library that I did out in TS. When I had, um, one of the things that I did there is I read with the kids. They were mostly middle school um, kids at that, in that library. But the first ones in the door, I'd say, do you want to read orally with me today? And, and I had certain books that they read from, and I'd start a list, and I would read every 10 minutes. I would read with a different child um, to give them some opportunity to, to read orally. And 
Um, then during the summertime, we had summer reading programs, and we tried to get Christian books. In this particular one, we did Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. And then at the end of the book, if they came enough times, they got to watch uh, the video with us, which we're doing here, and we would have a snack time. And so it was a very um, fun thing for me to do, and I think the kids enjoyed it. So, oops. So I tried to do that with um, in uh, Dakar. Didn't work. And I had to realize just because a ministry works really well in this situation doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work over here. And that was hard for me because it's something I really enjoyed. But I read, here I am reading with one little boy, but he, after a couple times, eh, he was done. And so it was, um, you, you try things, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, and you have to know when to go with it and when to change. Of course, our reason for being there not only was to introduce people to the church building, get them comfortable coming in and meeting some educational needs, but was to share the gospel as well. Um, I think I put this picture in my, one of my prayer letters. We took the, uh, what's called resurrection eggs, uh, 12 different colors of eggs, and each one has a symbol in a, maybe a donkey or a crown of thorns or um, three, piece, thir three pieces of coins representing the 30, the 30 pieces of silver. And each one, um, we, I wrote out the verses in French and a brief description, and then uh, the 12 days before our Easter break, I opened a new um, a new egg, and that people could read it. And then, if possible, I put on the um, on the wall behind it a, a a big picture that corresponded with that day. And that was a lot of setup, and it's just another opportunity. But again, did it work? No. <laughs> I don't know if anybody looked at it, but Steve and Laura had a nice Easter. Um, get together after their Easter service and then they looked at it and I left it and Laura can do something more with it again this year. So just because it didn't work one year doesn't mean it's not going to get used another year. Another thing that we did, oh, and I also had the uh, a movie, a film showing at my house for Easter and I prayed for 12 people and the 12 came uh, exactly the number I asked for, and it wasn't even, not, not necessarily even people I had invited, but somebody else had invited, and the Lord just worked that out. And so we got the opportunity to share, um, not the Jesus film, but called the Magdalena film, and like Mary Magdala, and um, they used excerpts from the Jesus film to, to finish that. But this is what it's really all about. Um, the man on the left is my friend Gabby. As I said, it's evangelist. The man on the right, his name is Mohamedou. Uh, Mohamedou, I just happened to meet him in the market one day with his wife and his baby. And I invited him to come to the library. He didn't have a job. So he had time on his hand. And he and Gabby started some um, real conversations. And he came back many times. And he wanted to do the Bible correspondence courses that we had there, and Gabby said, you're not thinking, told me. He said, he's not ready for that. He, he needs to understand some, some basic things first. Okay. Is it on now? There we go. Thank you. Um, so the first day that he was there, Gabby took a small cup, like a clear cup, 
and he put some water in it and sprinkled some tea or some coffee or something in it, and of course it turned all brown. And Gabby said, you know, in our lives, um, the, it's, it's, we were created, man was created with no sin, and there was perfect relationship with God, but then sin entered the world, and God can't have a, a relationship, he will not, cannot allow that in heaven, and so the sin has to be removed, and of course that's with Jesus' blood. And so he said to the man, here's this cup, and it's got this dirt in it. How do you suppose we're going to get that out? And the man said, well, I don't know. And he thought about it, and Gabby said, you go home and you think about it. And think about it as what's in our lives. How are we going to get that out of our lives? And the man went home, and he not only was so interested in it, he called in his friends and his neighbors and his mother, and finally his mother said, you need to go back and talk to that man because we need to figure out how to get that out of there. And so over the period of time, he was able to share about sin and how Jesus' blood um, cleanses us from sin. And then we can have that relationship with Jesus. But Mohamedou, to this, at this point, is, to my knowledge, is not yet a believer. But he's, ha he's heard the gospel. And again, that's what we're uh, responsible for being. Saying goodbye to um, Senegalese is, or any country that you're in after you're living there for a while is really important. And I decided a year ago to the date that I actually lived, left the country, I didn't realize it was going to be that way, but um, I decided to have my Senegalese families, and there are two in particular that I consider just my, my Senegalese sons and grandkids and all the rest, and I took them to our beach house. Um, we have a camp for uh, Christian camps and spiritual retreats and things. And um, it just grew bigger and bigger. First of all, I, I was going to have one of my um, Gabby's wife do the cooking. And I thought, no, that's not a vacation for her to have to cook for all these people. So that led me to hire a particular cook. And I said, but that particular cook comes with a really great Bible teacher. So, hey, let's have him come. And it ended up being a whole spiritual retreat for three days. And it was just really fun. And... Um, my friend Laura, again, who was always to my rescue, Laura came in with her two great big uh, flannel boards put on a, a three-day um, kids club. And she not only did that, they did crafts, they did games, water balloons, swimming lessons, all sorts of things. Laura put on a top-notch program uh, for the kids. To do something light, we had a, a time in the morning to um, around the word, and I wanted to do something lighter in the evening. And so after supper, I read, uh, bought and read a book on Dwight L. Moody, and I ended up uh, summarizing his story, and we did it in a three-part lesson. I wrote it, then I translated it into French. Gabby took the French, translated it into Wolof, and so that's um, what we did in the evening hours. We did that biography, something different that they probably hadn't heard before. And I just want to close this part by saying it's been um, nice to serve you. Um, I've been there since 86 to 23. Okay. <laughs> okay. There we go. Okay. Um, I wanted to um, close.
close with a couple things, and that is I wanted to leave um, some remembrance, something special for all those that have supported me over the years. And so I am writing a, I wrote my biography out. I've written the biography of Gabby Amadou, which I've not mentioned today, but he's in a lot of my prayer letters. Um, and then uh, I'm still waiting for information on a third man that has, um, that has, was saved actually in the boutique uh, ministry. And when all of that is finished, I will send uh, a copy of that to your church and possibly make it possible for others to to be able to have that too. Um, many people ask me, um, what's now? What is next? And, and I just simply say, I don't know yet. When God reveals it to me, then I will tell you and let you know. Um, and w many times people say, well, will you go back to Senegal? And I said, I don't know that either. I may go back as a visit visitor, never to work back there, but I will go as a visitor and um, other people say, well, you really, really will miss it. And that is true. However, I really feel that when I left in October that I had accomplished everything God asked me to do. And so God has given me several illustrations, and he gave me a new one this morning that was just really meaningful to me. But one of the illustrations is um, I have a can of Coke in my hand, and if you, that can of Coke continue, contains what I was doing there, and a, it's, it was one container. But if you take a Coke and shake it like this, and then flip the top on it, you're going to have Coke everywhere. And I am, when I left, I didn't just leave. I left with Moise Jemmy, who I'm waiting for his information for my, um, my booklet, um, he was saved at the boutique. He's now pastor of one of the largest churches in Dakar. He's president of his um, church association, and he teaches at the Bible school. He's way too busy to be filling out my questionnaire. But anyways, um, he's definitely a, 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 a spiritual son for me. And so when, and he even used this illustration too. He said, Jane, you, you did this. He said, but you're leaving, and Gabby, too, the evangelist, what they're going to be able to continue on with is just really good. Another thing is about leaving. Sometimes it's good when you, when you, there comes a limit at times, and God says, it's time to go, because God has other people there that he wants in there. And if you think of a, an ocean, and you scoop out some, some sand right by the water's edge, there's a hole there for a brief, brief moment. It doesn't take any time at all for the sand to fill back in, water to fill back in. And I thought that's, on the field, that's um, what happens when missionaries leave. If it's something God wants to continue, then he will, um, then he will uh, fill that position. And uh, before too many months, um, it's covered over. And it's, it's um, the way God wanted it. And for me, maybe there's new things here. I'm, I'm all ears. I don't have to um, rush into anything else. I'm still visiting churches till the end of April. But um, I just want to share with you one um, il another illustration that God gave me um, 
this morning even. Um, I kind of got mixed up in getting here yesterday. I have co been coming here how many years, but I got mixed up yesterday and I ended up in Beaver Falls. Uh, that one, that was a little bit north, but I have friends that lived in Beaver Falls that I was gonna visit this afternoon. And I thought, well, the Lord's just changing my, my schedule here. And, and so I st spent the night with my friends, their uh, former neighbors from Senegal, and many, many years, and it was a joy to be with them. And then this morning, they helped me figure out my telephone how to get way back. And with the, the directions that were in my phone, I would come to a road and it would say, go half a mile here and turn on this road. And sometimes there weren't even a street sign on that road, but it said turn, so I turned. Or it would say, go here. And so I was in so many beautiful back roads this morning, I had no idea where I was going, but God knew where I was going. And I thought, in our Christian walk, that's often the case. We don't always, um, we don't necessarily know the future. Our responsibility is to be obedient. To be in the word and say, well, God doesn't speak to me. He, he does speak. He does speak through prayer. He speaks through the word. He speaks um, just in, in um, thoughts and from myself one time, even in a dream. And so it's just been a pleasure for me, to a privilege, to have been able to live overseas. And I uh, thank you for your financial and prayer support that makes that happen. And I just definitely don't want to close today without saying that. Um, I also would like to leave just a few prayer requests. One is for the elections that are coming up in February, the presidential elections. There's a lot of uh, turmoil right now about that. So the elections, um, housing for me, I'm right now living with my sister. Um, I haven't even seen her yet. I've been home since October. She's not been there, but I'll see her tomorrow for the first time. And so um, housing for future, because I'm not going back, I now have to start settling in here. And I'm looking forward to that. Um, also for my travels, I've already been to the West Coast and um, I'm just finishing up a two week uh, visit here to Pennsylvania. And then um, in end of December, I will go south and come up the East Coast, and that will finish. Then March and April, I will be in my home state of Michigan, and every Sunday I'll be in a different church um, there. But um, there's a lot of retirement decisions that need to be made too, and I just um, want to get at the end of it knowing that I, I did everything well. I did, I did what I was supposed to do. So if you could just remember those things um, also. I have in years past asked you to um, sign up if you want to get my prayer letters. And because of the shortness of time, if you really want to sign up, I, it's, you come see me and I can have you do that. But I just wanted to say that I will not be going back to Senegal. So you're not gonna hear ministry reports, just travel reports uh, from, from now on. But thank you so much. Uh, whoops. Almost done. So first, let me apologize for all the technical difficulties. It's been a, a crazy Sunday. Um, so I'm going to take this. Uh, and I'm going to just move this back. Oh, we got that. And um, as Jane makes her way back to the table, you guys can stop by. Uh, 
but also as she makes her way back to the table, I'm going to ask for some of the things that she just asked for prayer for. I'm going to ask if you guys can stand and we can just pray for them now. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, maybe some of the women. Uh, Jane, are you okay if they come and kind of pray and lay hands on you? Okay. Do you want to do it there or you want to go back to the table? Right there? Okay, I'm going to ask some of the women if you can make your way over here uh, so we can pray for uh, some of the things that Jane has asked for. And some of the guys, if you could just kind of stretch your hands out and join us in lifting up Jane in prayer. God, we're so grateful uh, for the faithfulness of Jane to the people to whom you have called her. We're, faith, we're grateful for the relationships that she had, for the ministries that she, she was able to be a part of and to start, and for the lives that she was able to touch. Um, we pray that, as she said, that those works continue even in her absence, uh, but we know the people whom she has touched, they will miss her greatly. And we pray that whether it be through digital or email or whatever, you allow those relationships to continue. We pray that um, for all the things that she asked for, for her uh, future endeavors, for housing, for financial responsibilities, for everything that comes up, that you would continue to bless her and make her just so greatly aware that you're not done using her for the glory of your kingdom. And we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 Uh, thank you guys again. My sincerest apologies for all of the technical difficulties this morning. Um, pray that you have an awesome rest of your Sunday. God bless. Take some time. Stop back. Look at the pictures and, and uh, sign up for Jane's list back there. God bless and see everyone next week.